Hello, and welcome back to the Wise Athletes Podcast with your host, Joe Lavelle. On today's episode number 99, I am talking with Vince Giuliano, perhaps the most successful life extender in the game. Vince is a very young 93-year-old interpreter of longevity research as he has zeroed in on how to improve his own health while extending his lifespan. Vince applies his big brain to the enormously complex problem of aging, how to slow it down and even reclaim lost function. Earlier in his career, Vince was founding dean of a graduate school and a full university professor at the State University of New York, and he was chief scientist and COO of a software company. Vince earned one of the earliest PhDs from Harvard in a field later to become known as computer science. And in various ways, he has contributed to the computer revolution starting in the 1950s and the internet revolution starting in the late 1980s. Now Vince is doing the same for the longevity revolution. Listen in as Vince tells his story and his understanding of the aging process, as well as practical tips for how he has and we can slow down aging and improve our own health while we extend our time on earth. All right, let's talk to Vince Giuliano, longevity warrior. Vince Giuliano, welcome to the Wise Athletes Podcast. Thank you much. I've been uh, at this longevity game for 15 years now. My original training was in uh, basic quantum physics. And I was one of the first guys into computers. I had a long career before this 15 years. Ah. So I've been looking at various pathways involved in aging, what is aging, and always with a little sort of a practical angle as what can I do to extend my own good years, my own yeah. highly functional years uh, in this world. So about March of this year, I had a big hit. And that is, I finally, finally, finally believed I understood what was driving aging. Huh. And based on that, I could identify an intervention, which seems like a very simple one, but one that would add perhaps 25 years to one's active lifespan. Sounds good. And it turns out that for a completely different reason, as I'll get into, I had been pursuing that intervention. So here I am, 93 and a half, Pretty damn functional, I think. I think I can write and research and communicate and get around in the woods pretty much as much as I could when I was 45. Wow. So let me get into that. First of all, what is aging? Well, we all know the symptoms of aging. Uh, it used to be that in a uh, uh, carnival, there would be a guy who would offer to guess your age. You wrote it down on a piece of paper. And if he couldn't come within one year of your age, you didn't have to pay him. And uh, if he could guess it, you could give him a quarter. Uh -huh. So we all know what aging is. We've all experienced it. Um, I, and we're pretty good at telling what it is. And it's a, it turns out it's what in the jargon is called a multifactorial process, which means that it has 
many, many different components. You can see aging on the uh, cellular level. You can see it on the subcellular organo level. You can see it on the systems level of biology, you can see it in terms of the organs, and you can see it in terms of the whole body. You can be pretty good at guessing somebody's age. Sure. But what drives it is what I'm concerned with. And that's going to be a lot of what I have to say. Aging is a universal phenomenon. Uh, essentially, all organisms that we know of, ranging from uh, little microbes to um, uh, aging sequoia trees, bristle pine trees, everything ages at a different rate. And each species we have has an expiration date. That is, um, for human beings, 123 years seems to be the maximum. Uh, nobody in history is beyond that. And uh, for fruit flies, it's around 20 days. For a mouse, it's a little more than two years. You name the species, a bristlecone pine can be a thousand years. Hmm. But almost all species have an expiration date of less than a hundred years. And for our weight, uh, our species, the Homo sapiens, has a relatively long lifespan. Aging is how biology or evolution or God, depending on your ontology, implements the strategy of saying, I want to create a long-lived species and I don't give that much of a damn about the individual. I'm going to let tune the individual to the environment so that the individual reproduces. So evolution does not seem to care a lot about aging, although most people used to die before they were 25, 2,000 years ago. Only 150 years ago, the average lifespan was less than 50. Now it's about 80, and um, it's gone down a little because of COVID. Now, aging is wicked, wicked complex. You can find a million and a half publications a year in PubMed on medicine, and many of those bear on aging, and you can get down in the weeds into a detail of complexity. But what drives it is what I'm concerned with here. Yeah. And it is a process. I call it a program because it is inexorable. It does a wonderful job. Now, the first phase of this program is the development phase from where you have um, a fertilized egg, you have a single-celled organism, this develops into 30 trillion cells, roughly, of 200 different types. And it's a, it's a very systematic, well-articulated process. Like, you don't find people walking around with eyes in their legs or hands sticking out of their stomach. It 
uh, is organized very carefully by a systematic process. And this process proceeds in stages. So I'd, I'd like to talk about the stages of the process. Okay. But before I get to that, I want to talk about what is the mechanism used by aging. And the mechanism involves a way biology has of turning on and off very large numbers of genes simultaneously. We don't have one inflammation gene, we have dozens of them. We don't have one breathing-related genes, we have dozens of them. Genes tend to go in families, and uh, in the process of development, whole families of genes have to be turned on and off in a systematic way. And this is technical, but let me, it's important. Uh, a main approach for this happening is something called histone methylation. Now, a histone are the spools around which DNA is wrapped. Our DNA is in long strands and chromosomes, but if you look at a chromosome, which is one of those strands, you'll find that the DNA, there's a sequence of DNA wrapped around a spool, and then there's the next spool, and then there's the next spool, and these spools are called histones. All right. And when a spool is methylated, that is when there is a methyl group of chemicals connected to a spool, in most spools, the genes in that spools are inactivated. So you can turn all the genes on that spool, and if the spool is connected with development and growth, as is one particular school, for those of you interested in the technology, it's called uh, H3K27, histone 3, uh, position 27, is subject to double and triple methylation. So you can open the gate to the genes in that spool by demethylating the histone, or you could slam the gate studs so that all those genes are inactive by methylating the histone. Uh, this is an important apparatus because it's how development takes place. And how is this tremendously complex process? The most, probably the most complex process known in science is human development. Yeah. Probably the human body is the most complex organism known in science. So uh, the body uses this methylation as a way of turning on lots of genes and turning off lots of genes. And so is this um, like how we're expressing genes? I mean, we've, we've got one set of DNA in every cell and it's, and it's for the whole body, but for each particular cell, it's got to be only the certain things turned on and everything else turned off. That's right. And it's uh, what is the difference between a brain cell, a cell in your toe, a cell in your heart, cardiomyocyte, a lung cell? It is purely, purely epigenetic. That means it's the genes that are turned off or turned on. Every single cell in our body has all our genes. The genetic makeups of every cell is the same. The difference 
is what's called epigenetics. It's which genes are turned off on that cell and which genes are turned on on that cell. Right. So you can imagine that the first stage of development up to about age one, I'll describe this, is one where cells divide, methylation is turned on, methylation is turned off, and uh, it's two cells, and pretty soon the cells begin to spatially separate into what will eventually become our organs, our limbs, our composition, a very carefully articulated number of steps that lead to this. Now, um, do you have any kids, Joe? I do, three daughters. Okay, then you you saw what happened when they developed. Oh, yeah. You saw when they were just tiny and born, and you saw what it was when they were one, and how, are they, how old are they now? Uh, teenagers. Teenagers, okay. So you... You've been experienced to this. You, you you know about this. By about age one, the development process is well on its way, but it has a long ways yet to go. The main genes at a one-year-old stage, in fact, until the person is around 25 when something switches. The main genes involved with development and repair and maintenance are all turned on full. Yeah, and they work pretty well. I can remember as my children as well as myself, you know, you'd fall down and you'd get a scrape. Well, that thing heals up in like an instant and there's no scar or anything but when I cut myself now, it takes forever. It works incredibly well at that age. Yeah. Uh, the process is well underway. It's got a long ways to go in age one. And um, diseases of old age are practically unknown. You don't have arthritis or gout or... Um, dementias, old age, or cancers, uh, they're exceedingly rare. So now let's fast forward to around age 25. Around that time, there is a major shift that happens, which is that, um, and you can see this in plants, you can see it in insects. In fact, the mechanisms of biology, biology is a great reuser. If it finds a mechanism that works, it's going to adopt that mechanism in the next stage of evolution. So that about age 25, there is a change that in some species is very abrupt, which is that the demethylating enzymes present at this histone position, that is the enzymes which keep methylation down. Those are called JDJM3 and UTX, by the way. Uh, I invite you guys to look at agingsciences.com because I've got this all written out with literature references and citations up the gazoo to back up what I'm saying. Uh, 
this is all backed up in in the literature. There's uh, so I'm going to make a lot of statements that may seem outlandish, but almost all of them you can find uh, articles that establish them. So about 25, a change happens, and the expression of these demethylases goes down incredibly. And the result is you begin a period of adult aging. Now, aging is not uh, wear and tear. It's, it's not accidental damage which accumulates. There's plenty of evidence, although there are still practitioners who are talking that way, uh, there's plenty of evidence that what it is is actually a down-regulation of your body's maintenance genes and your body's automatic repair genes and your body's renewal genes. All right. Well, let's just talk renewal. Well, the fact is that many of the processes we rely on from the very beginning are renewal processes, like our blood cells renew uh, uh, within every 30 days. Uh, it's a process called hemo hematopoiesis. So you've got to have that renewal. Our normal body cells are replaced by stem cells. So, uh, we have these troves of stem cells that differentiate into other cells so that when cells become obsolete or senescent, they're killed off by various processes and they're replaced by the differentiation of stem cells. So most of the genes connected with the H3K27 position are the ones that have to do with this renewal and rejuvenation. Okay. And they begin to get down-regulated when you're 25. Now, if you know any 21-year-olds or any 23-year-olds, uh, they're generally healthy as a horse. They still don't have any of those diseases of old age. And as a matter of fact, uh, many of them think that they're bulletproof. They're going to live forever. What's all this talk about eh? right. uh, longevity? I've got a long life to live in front of me. So all the cellular level aging is not actually showing up in a way that anybody could tell. Yeah, it's starting to show up at 25. And at 25 the PRC complex, which is a complex that causes increasing methylation in the cells, kicks in. You begin getting more and more methylation at this position so that the genes start to get downgraded. But at age 25, nobody particularly notices that. Okay, so this methylation is a gradual process. As every year that goes by, there's a few percentage greater methylation, which means that there's a slight down regulation in, in, in these repair and maintenance genes. So let's go to 45 now, okay. typically. By age 45, you don't look like you are 20 anymore. Yeah. You look like you're 25. Um, 
you are beginning the process of having slight aches and pains. You're beginning the process where perhaps there's a 30 or 40% decrease in the efficacy of all those genes. You're beginning to see some of these symptoms of older age. You may have initial arthritis, or as you say, uh, beginning to see gray hair. Uh, many of the symptoms of that methylation because the repair genes are not working as well. Yeah, you know, we get little aches and pains and they take longer to go away. And, and that's about the age that I remember where the things that I would have done to myself that had caused me a little bit of a pain did not resolve by the next weekend. And so they would start to accumulate. That's right. They began to accumulate. And what happens then? Well, when an organ like your lungs or your heart or uh, your brain doesn't get the maintenance and repair proteins it needs from the activation of those genes and doesn't get enough of it, it goes into a natural process and it begins to get inflamed. This is the beginning of inflammation. Inflammaging, maybe. And as time goes on, let's go to 68, all right? All right. By the time you get to 68, the genes are significantly downgraded. Uh, your organs are not getting the maintenance and repair they need. They begin screaming for help. And that screaming is in the form of inflammation, the release of what we call inflammatory cytokines, which can travel through many systems, but primarily the blood system. And your blood system begins to be heavily laden with these inflammatory cytokines. And you are already showing perhaps serious signs of arthritis. You may have um, the beginnings of early onset dementia. Uh, you may have diabetes setting in, gout. Heart disease. And cancers begin coming active. Cancers love inflammation. They thrive in inflammatory environments. So you begin seeing cancer. Your body is generally maybe in a state of hypoxia, which is not enough oxygen. And uh, you are starting to go to the doctor much more frequently. And you may be being treated for two or three different diseases at once. That's 68, right? Yeah. That's the beginning of the end. So by the time you get to be about 86, your repair genes and your maintenance genes and your renewal genes are turned way down. Yeah. And some other histones, when they get methylated, the genes get turned on. So you may find that some of the early development genes that you don't want are starting to get turned on, whereas the genes you do want are getting turned off. And by this time, the situation is generally very serious. Assuming 
by the way, you don't get killed by numerous other things that can kill you, like uh, uh, a runaway bus or um, uh, lightning or um, uh, assuming you're still in this rhythm, which is controlled by the cycle of life I'm describing. Yeah. So by the time you're 86, you're probably got two or three major problems you're seeing a doctor for. You're probably on a number of drugs. And um, by that age, by the way, only one third of the people make it. Many of the people die off. Well, why do they die? They die because an organ failed or a system failed, like uh, any of the heart diseases or heart problems. The heart doesn't give the maintenance and support it needs. Uh, so uh, it gives off cytokines and eventually it fails. Yeah. And a system fails and you die. And medicine cannot deal with this. Uh, all the king's horses and all the king's men, so to speak, of medicine cannot protect you from this process. You die. This is, uh, it's programmed that way. And if you don't die at 86, you die at 88, or you die soon, your outlook is exceedingly poor. Yeah. And there isn't generally any hope from the feet of medicine. They can, if, if you have a, an organ that's starting to fail, say your lungs are starting to be scarred and uh, have scleroderma or um, that or any numerous conditions happen, the doctor can treat you for that specific condition, maybe keep you alive a little longer, but not very much longer. Sooner or later, one of your major organ systems failed. And before you know it, um, somebody is looking for the burial plot or burying you. You have a ceremony and they're writing an obituary. Yeah. Very sad. But that is the human condition. Yeah. Sad, but not surprising. That's just the way it has been going for a long time. Yes. I mean, this, you name the species, there's a version of the same program that acts. I, I don't care if it's a mouse or a moose or um, uh, a rabbit, butterfly, a caterpillar turned butterfly. Uh, all species have their expiration date. They, you know, the date that, like on the food that says used by. Yeah. Well, we have stamped on our soul used by 123. Yeah. And our decline takes a long time. And you're saying that in some species, it's really fast, like in salmon, for example, they, yeah. they swim upstream and they do their reproduction and they die. Right. And um, now being a program and being articulated, having to do with the sequences of events I've described, there is one key thing that happens in the latter phase, in the, in the phase starting in the 60s, or 60s, which is the rampant uh, methylation leading to inflammation. I've described that. Okay. That inflammation feeds back uh -huh. because the inflammatory cytokines 
get back to your DNA and they cause more methylation. So you start having accelerated aging at this point? You get a feedback loop where methylation leads to aging, aging, inflammation leads to methylation, and it's a feedback loop. Yeah. Now, the good, the good news, and there is some good news here, I believe. Okay, let's get to the good news. The good news is that being a program, we might be able to hack it. Okay. And from an old IT guy, you know all about that. So what's the answer? Exactly, exactly. Having spent my life in IT, <laughs> I said, what are the hacks? And I think there's probably a lot of hacks that may get us beyond the 122 age. Okay. But I know of one easy hack that I'd actually been doing. Yeah, you, you were doing it without realizing that it was a longevity hack, and it turns out that it is, and maybe that's why you are where you are. Yes, I never thought of it as a longevity hack. The hack is to break the inflammation. Stop the whole body inflammation. And I did that starting in my 60s uh, using a cocktail of uh, very traditional herbal anti-inflammatories that you could buy in pill form. Yeah. When I first got arthritis in my 60s, the rheumatologist said, we've got to put you on methotrexate and we're going to give you stronger and stronger anti-arthritic medications and sooner or later you'll die. Well, I didn't like this prognosis. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't sound good. I went out in health food store and I bought four books. Each one was called the arthritis herbal cure. Okay. And each one highlighted a particular substance that's been used since Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic Indian medicine, thousands of years old. Okay. One book was about ginger, All right. how you could cure arthritis with ginger. Another book was about boswellia, which is also called frankincense. Okay. Remember the wise men who yeah. stuff to Christ? Another book was about turmeric. That's a really central, important one. Or, yeah. And another book was on boswellia. Ashwagandha, I think, um, was the last one, right? And I bought pills of each of these kinds and started taking them. And my... Honest to God, my arthritis went away. Yeah. I could not close these fingers. See this, what I'm doing? Yeah. You couldn't do this. This finger would have had a, it was a, called a trigger finger. It would go click. I couldn't close it all the way. I had aches and pains all over. That all went away. Nice. And stayed away for until about 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I was 83. So... At that time, they were starting to creep back, the arthritic symptoms. And I, at that time, I was had internet. I didn't have books. I did some research, and I found out you could not double up on those pills. Because if you doubled up on those pills, your liver, which is a protective thing in your bloodstream, would get overloaded uh -huh. with the medications, especially curcumin and Boswellia, those two are notoriously non-observable by the body. 
they get sorted out by the liver. But I found out that at that time that in medicine, they were enclosing medicines in tiny nano capsules and that those nano capsules were capable of trans moving through the lymphatic system as well as the blood system. And you could greatly amplify the bioavailability and the effectiveness. And better yet, I found out, a good colleague of mine pointed out, you could make a nano preparation of those herbs in your kitchen using a high powered blender and a uh, ultrasonic tool cleaner. So I started to make this stuff in my kitchen. All right. I started to make something I called Lipomix. I took that, poof, the inflammation went away. It's been gone since, by the way. Awesome. And uh, I could move. My joints weren't aching anymore. And uh, I got this renewal hit. Well, what happened was, and I saw this substance purely as aches and pains. I did not see it in a longevity context, honest to God, until March of this year. And at that point, I did, oh, my God. It's obvious. I should have seen that. But it wasn't obvious to me. So just to make the story about this supplement, uh, pretty soon we were making it in our kitchen for 30 friends of my wife. Our kitchen was being converted into a factory. We were spending all our time cleaning jars and cleaning microwave ovens. And I said, there's got to be a better way. So I contacted a high-tech manufacturers of liposomal products, worked with them for a year, year and a half developing a formula with many, many bad trials that they could manufacture the stuff. Started an LLC and began selling the stuff. It's called Four Herb Synergy. Right. I'll show you a bottle of it in a minute. All right. I guess you can't see it on the podcast, but and began taking a commercial version of this. So in the beginning of this year is when I realized that I had done a longevity hack. I didn't know I was doing that. Yeah. I thought I was just addressing aches and pains. So my longevity hack is powerful anti-inflammatories. You could try pills if pills don't work. Try my liposomal supplement. It'll work with, it's working for me still. Yeah. And um, uh, I figure that um, I've got another six or seven years of high mobility, high functionality. Um, cognitively, I think about as good as I was when I was 45. I, I research and write more fluently now uh, than I did then. And um, I can still uh, kick ass, chase my little granddaughters around the house. <laughs> Not as nimbly as I could, but I can do it. And um, I can go out for walks with them in the woods. And I figure I've got at least another, at least making to 100, but probably 105 
before this is going to kick out. I don't know if this hack will work beyond that, but I think it's a 25-year hack, which is a damn good hack because almost all the hacks known to fight aging are only good for 10, 12 years. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and this is not like a genetics thing, like you're not just from a long-lived family? No, it, 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 it's a hack that looks at that final stages of the aging process, the stage where your biological processes have stopped being your friend and they're really out to kill you. They're out to say, you, let's make room for younger species. Let's keep our species-related program going. So your expiration date is up. It's a hack on that phase, and I think it may be good for 25, maybe 30 years, maybe 20 years. I won't know until further, but I will say that I am working on other hacks, working on a methylation hack. I'm working on how do I decrease that methylation or the amount of methylation. I haven't got it yet. I can't advertise or represent that it's a solution. But this is my basic message. And I'd be glad to chat about any questions or. Yeah. Is this your only thing? I mean, are, are, are you doing the, you know, the basic lifestyle things that they always say to do? Yes, I'm doing numerous other things. Um, for example, I'm doing a number of supplements. The um, fish oils contain substances called marcins resolvins, which help the final stage of acute um, inflammation. Inflammation, by the way, is a completely natural process. You'd be dead if you didn't have it. It's necessary for wound healing. What's really important is that when you get an inflammatory condition, it resolves and go away. Uh-huh. Right. So I see, for example, those supplements are important. I believe that there, um, maybe you've heard of exercise, Joe. Sure, I think I have. You may be aware of the fact that um, uh, this is important. I try and walk um, 20 minutes a day. Nice, yeah. And exercise is anti-inflammatory. Yeah, exercise has tremendous benefits. Yeah. So, and I believe that there are a number of other things you can do that will help kill you. You could um, drink too much and toxify your liquor, your liver. You could um, uh, do numerous things. Oh, yeah, smoking to put pollutants in your body, that sort of thing. Oh, and generate cancers. I will say that um, my regimen has kept me free to my knowledge of cancers or any other of the debilitating. I I have arthritis. You can see it in my expression. I just don't have arthritis symptoms. Uh Um, But I believe that I'm largely free of other of these uh, other family of things that kill you, like diabetes and the cancers and the um, oh, great. Uh, lung diseases and the heart 
attack diseases, et cetera, et cetera. Long Lou Gehrig symptoms, you know, uh, the list goes on and on. In addition to these um, supplements that you talk about, uh, do you eat any kind of a particular diet, like a plant-based diet or something like that? I try and eat a natural Mediterranean diet. Okay. When I was a small kid in the 30s, yeah, I was born in 1929. Wow. When I was a small kid in the 30s, I was from an Italian ethnic family. And at that time, we used only olive oil, pure Filippo Barrio olive oil. And I still love olive oil. Oh, yeah. I, I love cayenne pepper, uh, which is a good thing. I I love blueberries, which have powerful effects. I uh, like to eat generally a Mediterranean-type diet, but I am not afraid to eat a hamburger. I'm not afraid occasionally. I I like eating a lot of fish. So, uh, yes, it's to observe prudency in, in many areas. Yeah. And there are other um, interventions I do in my years of um, longevity work, for example. I came across the um, fact that there's an autonomic nervous system. That nervous system has a phenomenon called the inflammatory reflex, which is that it detects chronic inflammation and it exudes substances that counter chronic inflammation. This autonomic nervous system also is a place where you can administer a minor hack. I do things like I have a little device that uh, emits brain waves that uh, entrains the autonomic nervous system and that enables me to be awake during the day and be able to go right to sleep when I want to go to sleep. That's a nice trick. Yeah, that's a nice trick. I also um, have studied hormesis, which is the phenomenon where a little bit of stress uh, leads to a body response that leaves your body better off than if you didn't have stress at all. Right. There are minor stresses. Uh, You don't want a stress-free life. You'll die if you have a stress-free life. You want a life where you have stresses that you can handle. And this exists on multiple levels. I think exercise is a good example of hormetic stress. But there are many other examples. For example, there's something called cold shock proteins which have very positive impact on the body. And I like in the winter going to bed at night in a room of 60 degrees and getting up and getting dressed in the morning from 60 degrees and being cold, but then getting warm. Uh, It's those people who are the, um, who, you know, go swimming under the ice in the winter are a believer in that. I believe in heat shock proteins the people who do saunas, saunas can be very dangerous, but uh, heat shock can do very good things for you too. So 
exposing herself to degrees of that and a number of other things. I, if you go in my blog, agingsciences.com, there's about 550 articles I've written over 50 years nice. that deal with things like the heat shock treatments, the cold shock treatments, the other substances, the other dietary substances, histone acetylation, which goes along with methylation, which is a process that some dietary substances will activate uh, genes connected with the histone. There's many other. So it's by far not the whole story, but I think it's a key piece of the story. Do you do anything related to calorie restriction? I don't have a lot of patience with the longevity forever people. Let me talk about that for a second. Our entire design is temporary. The entire design of everything in the biological kingdom is temporary. We are put together as a very complex temporary system. All organisms are temporary. So I see, do I believe there is a possibility of living to 150? Yes, possibly. Do I think we could live several hundred years? Possibly. Do I believe in Ray Kurzweil's hack, which was that eventually we'd be incorporated into the computer software? Singularity. We live forever. I have an interesting take on that, by the way, which is that no, not the way Kurzweil's envisaged, but yes, in a completely different way. The no is that in the next phase, maybe 20 years from now, little nano robots would run around in our brain and they'd figure out how we're wired and they would communicate this to a computer and then the computer would be able to imitate our intelligence. I don't think so. But yes, in a completely other way, which is that our AI today, uh, as evidenced in chat, CPT, and all kinds of other writings about it, and uh, the literature of that suggests that deep analysis of vast amounts of literature can lead to an emergent property which is that, damn it, this computer appears to be intelligent. If it oinks like a pig, if it wiggles its tail like a pig, if it's fat like a pig, if it looks like a pig, it's a pig. If an AI chatbot can intelligently chat with you and pass the Turing test, that is, you can't tell that it's a machine, then it has emergent properties. So. You'll find I, being a, in my first original generation, I was one of the great great grandpappies of AI. I wrote um, some of the original papers using the techniques that are used by ChatGPT. By the way, that's great. I knew them before the machines were powerful enough. So, do I believe that you could take everything somebody writes? and a good sample of everything they say 
and be able to create a pretty damn good facsimile of that person in the machine? Yes, I think I do. I think that's demonstrated. Awesome. Do I think we're seeing that now? Uh, uh, there are companies which are trying to give you immortality by collecting your writings and putting it through an AI process. Huh. So if you want longevity, if you want to live forever, publish on the internet. <laughs> that's going to be uh, absorbed by these chatbots. It will be processed, reprocessed. Re Fantastic. Um, okay, so do you partake in any of the you know longevity pharmaceuticals or nutraceuticals like NR or NMN or any senolytics, anything like that? Well, I, I tried two pharmaceuticals and they didn't work. I tried rapamycin on several different occasions with different doses, but rapamycin is a very powerful drug that's used to uh, suppress the immune system. It's an immune system suppressant. So when I'd start with rapamycin, in two days I would notice I have a gum infection. Uh. And then I'd stop the rapamycin and the gum infection would go away. Now it started again, and in three days, I would notice that I had a certain uh, skin infection that wasn't healing. Huh. And I did this enough times to say, screw it, it wasn't worthwhile. <laughs> uh, besides that, it's only good for 10 or 12%. Yeah. I would love to take rapamycin, but I'm sensitive to its, its main use is immune suppressants. That's, that's its main use. Metformin is a different matter. I think metformin is a pretty good drug, but I noticed it too was making me sleepy huh. and it was making me sluggish. And um, uh, metformin suppresses the first stage of the mitochondrial respiratory chain, if that makes any sense to you. Oh, yeah. It suppresses that. So it, it suppresses your uh, metabolism. And I didn't like that. I didn't like being sleepified out. I will mention that um, I am saying getting rid of the inflammation is a secret to a long life. Now, there are a whole bunch of other researchers not related to me. Irina Conboy, if you ever heard her in particular, Sure. And her followers who believe, who, who started detecting a few years back that there were some kinds of inflammatory substances in the blood. Yeah. And at first they said, well, we'll exchange the blood with a young animal and an old animal. And the old animal got younger yeah. and the young animal got older when they crossed their bloodstreams. Later on, Irina said, the main problem is a pro-aging factor in the blood. And if you purify the blood and get rid of that pro-aging factor, a lot of your indicators will get younger again. Your muscle tone, your muscle indicators, your exercise abilities. And for a long time, it was just identified at that level. 
pro-aging factors in the blood. Recently, Arena has identified a number of those factors, and guess what they are? There are inflammatory cytokines, the same guys that I treat with a supplement. Uh-huh. So Arena identified, and there's a whole bunch of people doing this now, that if you do something called apheresis, which means you have a blood purifying machine, it's a $45,000 machine that separates out the cells from your blood from the plasma. You throw away the plasma and replace it just with a ringer solution or some sort of a filler solution. Your body will get younger. And they do this. Uh, the problem is most people can't afford those machines. You can get doctors uh, in these aging clinics to do an apheresis session for you. You'll pay a couple thousand dollars and then maybe three or four thousand. And then in three weeks, you have to do it again because it doesn't last. Huh. So they are they have the same theory. They now understand it's the inflammatory cytokines. They see it as circulating factors in the blood, which they are. And they have a different way of dealing with them. Uh, I don't think their way is very practical for most people. Yeah. Taking some uh, supplements doesn't sound very hard. Um, so why not? Why not give that a shot? Okay, Vince. Well, th that was all of my questions. Is there anything else? The audience listening here today are, are older athletes. So if there's anything else that you think would be useful for them to know, and also how can people who are interested find out more? I think you did mention your website where your blogs and articles are, but uh, mention that again. And then if there's any other information where you can point people to. The easiest way is search agingsciences.com. Then there's a search function that you can look up any substance you are interested in, like rapamycin or any. And uh, it also lists on the right-hand column, and you'll see the uh, recent publications. Uh, this is by far best accessed on a computer. It's blog. There are long scientific articles with uh, lots of citations. You can dig deeper. And just to say to you, if you make a passion of it, if you're reasonably healthy, and if you're in your 50s or 60s and reasonably healthy, you may be able to add 20, 30 years to your expected lifespan. If you study it, don't just take my word for it. Do a little research on your own. If you do want to see what I want have to say and garbed in more scientific literature, you can start with my blogs and then go on to the citations listed there and you can make a life passion of it. This is what I've done and it's been a great passion. Many side benefits. Exactly. I'm really just getting started myself in this area. And so uh, I have been reading your blog posts and um, I will continue to do so. There's a lot of them in there. Yeah. And thank you, Joe. Also, if you look at this blog, you'll see my email. 
which is vegiuliano, G-I-U-L-I-A-N-O, at gmail.com. And you have a question, or you have a passionate intervention, or you want to say, you know, what about astragalus, or uh, what about um, rose hips, or what about um, peanut butter sundaes, or any <laughs> other interventions that you have for anti-aging, or things that you've done that you think have been particularly effective, write me or call me. Awesome. Well, that's great. That's great. Vince, thank you very much, sir. This has been a very enlightening conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joe. And would you please um, clue me in when it's published somewhere so I can put people onto it? I surely will. I, I, when I get it uh, out, I will send you a link to it. It won't be long. Thanks very much. Thank you so much for listening in to my interview of Vince Giuliano. I hope you learned as much as I did. If you liked it, please share it with your friends who want to live healthier, longer lives.